Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Good & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you. We're live out here at Denstall's 5280 Pleasant View. Make sure you still have time to stop by. We'll be here till 6 o'clock. Uh, get over here, say, uh, mention Sports 56, and they'll give you a 14% discount on your entire order. But we got to talk college basketball. Nobody better to talk college basketball with than Kevin Sweeney. Go follow him on Twitter at CBB underscore Central. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. A lot to get to today. Day, but I want to start off with the Tigers. Last time we talked to you, the Tigers were getting ready for a home game against Rice and uh, did not go so well for them. A, another loss for them, but they got back in the win column over the weekend uh, with Wichita State. You look around at the uh, the updated brackets, all these bracketologies uh, out there, and most everyone has them out of the bracket right now. What did that win against Wichita State do for them? What do they need to do the rest of the regular season to try to get back uh, on the inside of the bracket? Well, I, I certainly think that the Rice loss was kind of the, all right, the fire's on now, right? Like, this is yeah. this is now a, a huge problem. So it wasn't before, it is now. And, you know, fortunately, they were able to bounce back and, and beat Wichita, rally in that game, obviously did not play particularly well, hurt their metrics no. more with that performance. But at some point, like, the buck just had to stop, and it finally did, which is the good thing. Look, they still have opportunities, right? Two against FAU, road SMU is a game that could mean something. Road North Damn. Texas might move the needle in a, you know some small way, right? Like that's what you're hoping to do. If you can if you can sweep or or come close to sweeping those games, you know maybe three and one, you're, you're going to be at least in position in the conversation come conference tournament time. But uh, the margin for error has completely vanished right cannot afford another bad mm-hmm. loss uh cannot afford to get swept by fau uh you know realistically i think they might may have one more loss in them otherwise i think it's gonna be close to or bust kevin i've got a theory corroborated substantiated by nothing at all so i guess it's not a, a theory it's just pure <laughs> supposition on my part if memphis takes care of reasonably business down the stretch even a six and three even a six and three Seed will be somewhere where they have to play on Thursday at, 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 when they get to Fort Worth. I don't think that's that bad because of the human nature with all these metrics, all these analytics, all these bracketology, all the things that the committee can number crunch. Here's one thing I think comes down uh, to human nature when they're assembled in Indianapolis making the decision. They're human beings. They've got the TV set up, all the conference action on. And on Thursday, they're in there and go, well, there's Memphis advancing. Mm -hmm. Then on Friday, oh, there's Memphis advancing. Those first two should be gimmies for Memphis at Dickey's Arena. And then on Saturday, oh, Memphis is still alive. I think that helps you even when when you're kind of on that that bubble, that precarious nature that I think Memphis has played itself onto. I think as long as you're advancing and playing even that extra day, it's good for you. Yeah, I don't think it's a huge detriment, certainly. Right, I think there's there's an opportunity to, you know, just get some extra face time. There's an extra, you know, opportunity to add an extra win to your resume. Right, like I mean, we're talking about a Memphis team that could very well have 23, 24 wins on Selection Sunday and be right around the cut line. 
And if you're at 23, 24 wins, like, like that should mean something, right? Like, it, 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 the, the raw win count is not necessarily a direct metric, but like, not look, necessarily. Uh-huh. Everyone's everyone's human, right? And they see, oh, Memphis won twenty four games. They played a tough non conference schedule. That's a tournament team, right? And I think the other thing, yeah. nothing else, the opportunity to build some momentum during the conference tournament. Like, I think playing early, everyone says, oh, you need to buy, and you need to rest your legs. Like, I think that's overrated. Like, I think at the end of the day, if, if you're a team like Memphis, like you're you're one of the more talented teams. If you get hot over the span of two days early in the tournament, and then you roll into playing FAU or SMU or Charlotte or one of these teams at the top of the conference right now, with with all the with all the buzz and feeling great about yourself, you're gonna have a great chance to win the game. So that's Tigers were in the Tigers were in last year, but I think it helped stylistically how they just hammered Tulane. They lost twice to Tulane last year. All anybody remembered was the conference tournament hammering of Tulane. A hundred percent. And I think that helped them into the Houston game. I mean, I think that, that gave them momentum. And obviously, you know, the, the way the season ended is not how anyone wants to, but they won a championship last year. They beat a great Houston team. And, uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's maybe one of the best wins that Penny's had in his tenure. And so, yeah, yeah I think absolutely the, the momentum thing is a huge deal. I've heard a lot of people today and yesterday talking about Clemson and Virginia teams that Memphis uh, beat early in non-conference. Virginia had a big win against Miami. They're moving up in the net. Clemson last night beat North Carolina, moving up in the net. And right now, those two teams, you could add VCU in there. They have a big test against Dayton later this week. But those three games could, if those teams continue to play well, could be quad ones. How likely do you think with how Clemson and Virginia are playing that those could end up being quad one games? I think certainly there's a decent chance that at least one of them winds up there. I mean, Virginia's playing yeah. great basketball right now. Clemson had struggled really until that North mm-hmm. Carolina win, but that was a huge bounce yeah. back. And, and and so, look, I mean, yeah, 100% for Memphis. You're, you're looking at this and you're saying, you know, so much of our non-conference work has been maligned since then for their struggles. But if Virginia can bounce back, yes, the different feel of a, of a Virginia team right now than it was when Memphis played them. But that doesn't matter, right? Like, at the end of the day, the win is the win, and Virginia's playing great basketball right now. Winners of seven in a row, uh, just completely sucked the life out of Miami over uh, on Monday, and uh, you know, they have a chance to really get rolling here over the next several weeks and, and play their way into being Memphis' best win. Kevin, I'm right there with you. A win is a win whenever you get it, however it is, wherever it is. If it's in one of those far-flung early tournaments, Brian, Brian can attest to kind of my sermonette about it. If you're going to value November, December wins, then you have to have, I don't know if it's discredit, but you have to also respect if it's a loss. The Tigers had good November, December periods last night was a real good example of it. They, the Tigers needed that. Virginia Common, is uh, VCU's held in there for the Tigers all year. They did last year helping the Tigers with, with the win Memphis had over them last year at FedEx Forum and this year in overtime mm-hmm. on the road that like, like Sunday against Wichita State. If Wichita State makes one of the two layups they missed – and last year, Virginia, uh, Virginia, or this year against Common, if they make a layup in regulation, that's, that's two more losses, but it wasn't. It ended up being wins. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, I think that's the thing that gives college basketball's regular season juice, right? And people yeah. can, you know, people can, you know, not talk about it as much. Yes. Like we, we fly under the radar, whatever, but like 
Those games mean everything. And if you're sweating on the bubble, you are 100% looking back on, man, what if we flipped one result one way or another? What, 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 how different is the story of Memphis if those things don't break their way? How different is the story if, you know, you get a break or two here that, you know, during, during this streak? You know, I think that's sure. the, that it's, it's, it's such an interesting part of the sport. I think it's one of the things that makes it fun. I think at the end of the day, like, the way you respond to those things defines your season, right? And so for Memphis, right, like the fact that they responded against Wichita State when their backs were against the wall is huge. And, and we'll see if that builds on it or it's, oh, we're, we're good now. We, we, we can go mm-hmm. back to you know, the lackadaisical we'll play that they've really put on for the yeah. better part of the month. Kevin, I was at FedEx Forum this Saturday, and I mean electric atmosphere for the Tigers and Clemson. Rob Fisher and I went to the game, and then I was off right after that. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad I was where I protect where I, I protected myself against say, saying something completely idiotic like I often can do. But I came out of that game that day thinking both of those teams were elite eight teams. Look, I mean, Clemson's non-conference was unbelievable. I mean, you look back now, mm-hmm. win at Alabama. That's an incredible win. Uh, South Carolina to beat them. Now South Carolina looks like a top five seed in the tournament. They've they, got they size. They've losses. got shooting. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, look, like Clemson's resume. They took some bumps in January, but they have started to turn it again. The Carolina win was huge, uh, and they can just heat up from three. I mean, that's that's what they did yesterday. Joe Girard, Chase Hunter, PJ Hall, and then Shefflin, I think, is their biggest difference maker down low. Just toughness, rebounding. Made so many big plays yesterday for them to win over Carolina. Well, speaking of that game last night between North Carolina uh, and Clemson, Clemson gets the win, but on the other side for North Carolina, and I've heard some people say this, but you know, to me, Clemson played well, but this kind of seemed like North Carolina just coming off beating Duke, the the kind of emotional win that that is in such a heated rivalry game. And then on the other side, you've got a Clemson team that, like you said, has kind of struggled lately in commerce play, really needing to stack up wins. And then even after the game, Armando Baycott talking on their post-game show saying that their practice the day before had to be stopped in the middle of it because um, that the, the practice was just awful and then guys were late to shoot around yesterday morning. How much does a game like that yesterday worry you for this North Carolina team or is it just kind of that coming down from the high of Duke and, and this team can bounce back from a loss? Look, I mean, human nature is undefeated, right? It's, yeah. it's inevitable that like when you when you get confronted with you know, the, all the high of beating Duke, you're going to lay a bit of an egg the next time out. And, and the mm-hmm. schedule of having to play a good punt team might hurt them. Look, I was disappointed with their defensive effort, without question. Yeah. Um, they just they just didn't look locked in. They've been so good on the end of the floor throughout the throughout the season. But I also think, at the end of the day, this is a veteran group. This is guys who understand what it takes to win in college basketball. RJ, obviously, Baycott, Harrison Ingram, and Cormac Ryan. Like, I think there's a maturity about this team. Uh, that mm-hmm. you know maybe younger teams around college basketball don't have, and because of that, I think I think they'll be able to weather the storm here and bounce back pretty quick. Uh, night before last, it was a bad visual to see a coach that got got Miami to the Final Four last year. I don't know if it was uh, a health episode or what it was, but Jim Laranega late in the game game when they were just really getting uh, hammered by UVA, uh, he seemed checked out. Uh, I, a lot of coaches are are. Pretty pretty fried right now, Kevin. He 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 had that look on the sideline. Yeah, he did. Look, I mean, 
when if I scored thirty eight points in a game, I'd probably be pretty checked out too. But look, <laughs> I, I think Larinaga, they haven't had a great year, and I think it's been frustrating yeah. for them. They felt like they had the group that could not necessarily get back to Final Four, but be competitive. And you know, they're they're much more of an NIT, NIT team to me than a tournament team. Um, and is that, I don't is think that Larinaga, NIL chemistry? I don't know. Look, I think I think it's roster as much as anything. I think last year's team had two elite shot makers. I think this year's team is a little bit less dynamic offensively and still struggles on the defensive end, which is what their, you know, their, their problem the last several years has been. So, you know, I, I don't know that it's, oh, you know, everybody got their money and now they're checked out, whatever. I don't think this group has quite the same culture that last year's team had, but it's really hard to replicate what that group had. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think there'll be, you know, retirement speculation with Larry Nega just because of his age, but I, I think he probably is back for another year. He does seem, in general, pretty energized. Uh, for someone of his age, and um, I, I think he does still love to do it, and, and because of that, I think he, he won't want to go out like this. Kevin, you know we, we we've counted him out a couple times. We counted him <laughs> out during the whole FBI imbroglio. He, they were he was right in the middle of that, and he he got through it. And if you, I, I know you have. If you've ever covered him courtside, Bryant, he can whistle <laughs> almost symphonically. Right. I mean, he will set his defense. When they're on the other end from him <laughs> with how, with, with the whistle tone, I covered him in that great George Mason run at that DC regional when they won on Friday night against Wichita State and then pulled the shocking overtime upset on Sunday over Rudy Gay and, and UConn. And I mean, it, 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 he's just a beautiful whistler. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, he, he's truly like a gem for the game. I mean, just has a great outlook, great with people, like, universally, I think, really well-liked. And I think a good good illustration for a lot of ADs with older coaches. And Florida State's kind of in a similar spot now with Leonard Hamilton, where you know Miami did not push Larinaga out. They, they had three straight years under 500, 2019 through 2021. There was a lot of, like, all right, like he, he needs to retire. Like, this is it. And he bounced back and went to the Elite Eight one year and the Final Four the next. So Leonard's in a similar situation. He's obviously had an incredible career. They've been down a couple of years. If I'm Florida State, I'm letting Leonard coach until he decides to stop. But uh, <laughs> yeah. there's there's not a lot of patience in the industry. Okay, then who hires John Beeline? It, it, it's fascinating because I actually I, – I think John Beeline was a lot closer to being the interim coach at West Virginia this year than a lot of people realize. Wow. Like that, was, that was discussed. And at the end of the day, the situation was just too – uh, too messy with all the boosters and, and, and split ties between Huggins and the school. And, and at the end of the day, I think it was a mutual decision by West Virginia and Beeline to say, all right, this is just not the time for this. But, you know, I, I wouldn't completely rule out him coming back and coaching them next year. I think that's the place. If it does happen, it will be at West Virginia. I don't think it would be a Michigan reunion with, you know, the you know, floating questions about Joan Howard's future. I, I think it's more likely to be West mm-hmm. Virginia. I, I think it's more likely than not that he's staying retired, but I think he's still got a little bit more juice if someone wants to try. Kevin, I'm curious. Uh, I saw the other night Rick Pitino uh, kind of making headlines after uh, he went on Twitter and said that basketball needs a salary cap. That's college basketball needs a salary cap, and that the power for the players, not for the coaches. Right, right, right. But he's the, not far that. But that the power conferences should come together, join forces, uh, and create a salary cap um, of up to two million. What did you did you make of that? Rick Pitino, surprisingly, very active on social media for his age, um, but. 
but what do you think of that? Having these these power conferences set a a salary cap. My first thought is that that Rick Pitino has never been one to keep his opinions <laughs> to himself. It's very uh, true. Yes. Look, like I, I think I think something along those lines is necessary in the sense that I think current operating in this system where third parties are running everything resources vary widely from school to school within a conference what you're allowed to do or what you're perceived to be allowed to do varies a lot state to state like i think getting to a point where if you're an sec school you can allocate three million to your roster or whatever the number winds up being i think that makes a lot of sense i think it will be complicated to get to that point because it'll take collective bargaining and agreements and whatever sure. and it's going to take a long time right i mean i know we had some advancements on the you know, athlete employment front this, this week with the Dartmouth uh, NLRB ruling that's still going to work its way through the courts for, you know, I think several months, if not years. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I think long-term that would simplify a lot of things for a lot of coaches. That's what coaches want. It may not simplify things from an administrative level, though, and that's why it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Look, Kevin, you know this issue very well. You were a you were a student in Northwestern, right? When the football players tried this, did you know them? Did you think it was going anywhere? I know you covered it. Uh, help me. Is the campus paper the the Daily Wildcat? Is that right? Yeah, the Daily Northwestern. Yeah, Daily Northwestern. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you cover it? I did not. No, that was a that was a couple years before I was really in, in the day to day at Northwestern. Um, See, I got you as the oldest veteran of of college <laughs> basketball out there. Kevin. <laughs> yes, no, I I was uh, I was not there just yet. I, I was you know I know a lot of people who were and, and had some ties to the situation. Um, look, it was very complicated. I think the biggest thing is we're in a different political climate now. Ten years, yeah, I think yeah. the idea of college football players or college basketball players mm-hmm. being employees of the school felt weird 10 years ago i don't think it does as much now obviously i think for people who are around it like we are it's it's you know more challenging but i think the more that people realize the amount of money that's involved in college sports i think the more that um there's a feeling that something has to change so i think there's it, i think it's i think the pushback on dartmouth side will be similar uh to what the pushback was was with northwestern like the school will fight back but I think they will find a less um, less friendly court system than they did ten years ago when when it was eventually shot down in Northwestern. Yeah, it's going to be uh, something interesting to keep an eye on for sure, uh, Kevin. Before we let you go, uh, Super Bowl week, we're getting all of our guest picks for the Super Bowl. So a pick and a score for Forty ers Chiefs. There's no logic in me betting against Patrick Mahomes, but I'm going to. I'm going to take Niners right. 28, Chiefs 24. All right. I like it. I like that pick. It's down. And the the Niners making a comeback now all week long. Really? It had been Kansas City, both pickers today with uh, – or two of the three pickers yeah. today with San Francisco. Good pick, like Kevin. That. I love it. Good right. luck. Yeah, really. we'll, we'll, we'll tell you the, the, the yeah. super – We'll tell you the super grand prize after we establish exactly what we're giving away to the winner. That's right. If we decide to give anything to the winner, Kevin, any 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 stops this week? Uh, watching any games in person? Uh, nothing crazy. Off to the alma mater tonight, Northwestern Nebraska. Two potential tournament That's teams, a good one. but mostly going to spend. Uh, I'm going to spend the weekend at home and watch watch games. I think there's nothing great on the in the Midwest on Saturday, and I've gotten on too many planes lately. And well, <laughs> March beckons. You yeah. will travel a oh, lot yeah. then. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. Kevin, 
Thank Thanks you, Thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next week. Thank you, guys. You got it. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin Sweeney with us every week talking college basketball. We're at Denzel's. We're here until 6. We're going to draw in a little bit, yeah, though. But you can still come by and get in on the the 14% off. That, that That's a big number of the day, isn't it? Sure for, is. For Valentine's next week. W- week from today, the day of love. <laughs> still time to come by and visit with us. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Hewlett & Dunn. Boot & Jean, they're on the historic square in Collierville. They've been there since 1961. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens, and now with his wife, Laura, they own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team for any season. Western wear, work boots, soft toe, safety toe, rubber boots, boots for every occasion at Hewlett Dunn, boots for when it's dry weather, boots for when it's snowy and rainy and cold. For any season, they've got them from head to toe. They have you covered with every brand imaginable. Anderson Bean, Ariat, Dan Post. Whether it's for men or for women, men's and women's clothing, jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duckhead collection you'll find anywhere. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street or go visit HewlettDunn.com, but they want you to visit them on the square in Collierville. Boot care products, sunglasses, hats, and every area team snapback cool hat you can think of, like for the Tigers that you can wear if you're going on the road trip tomorrow or Sunday afternoon to the big game on big game day, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and the Razorbacks. The travel bag selection is top-notch, HewlettDunn.com. But please stop by, visit, say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Well, and Brett, you, know, you, you mentioned the 14% off here at Denstall's. I was talking to my dad this morning. Maybe I shouldn't admit this on air or around people, but you know, I was talking to my dad this morning. I said, yeah, man, we're going to be out at Denstall's today. You know, They're doing this great deal. You, know, you go in, say Sports 56, they're giving you 14% off. I go, kind of weird, though, You know, 14%. I wonder how they came up with that. Not a round number or anything. I don't know. And he's just looking at me with a blank expression. Yeah, 14, son. He goes, uh, <laughs> what day's Valentine's Day on? <laughs> That's it. I go, oh, February 14th. I guess that does make sense. I would say that's the biggest date out here. Yeah, like could, no, yeah. E- even with the, the holidays and Easter, the Easter season here is great. We've been out here before mm-hmm. around the Easter holidays. Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. Really, really Absolutely. big. Big out here. All the holidays are very special here and next Wednesday. Sure, oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll be. Absolutely. So make sure you, you stop out here before Valentine's Day and, and get that chocolate, get that candy uh, for your significant other. Well, let's go ahead uh, and get to a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about what's trending. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Food & Gene Company in Collierville. Once again, here are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. If I go crazy, Welcome back into Sports Time. We got about 30 minutes left in today's show. We're out here, 5280 Pleasant View at Denzel's. I just spent the last, uh, or this break that we just got done with, 
buying, and I hope uh, Melinda, my beautiful girlfriend, is not listening because I just bought a bunch of candy for her for Valentine's she Day. She will be very um, Yes, she will. And so I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep all of it until Valentine's Day. I might go over there um, today and give her some because I'm just so excited to, to have it. Good and she work. hasn't had Cashew Crunch before, so we've got we to get her eating some Cashew Crunch and experiencing that. But let's go ahead and draw some winners um, for, uh, for if you came out here today to uh, 5280 Pleasant View. Um, so we're going to start off with our one-pound heart-shaped box of assorted chocolates and Keith Mercer is our winner for that one pound heart shaped box of assorted chocolates that's going to come in real handy around uh, Valentine's Day we got another one this one for the one pound box of chocolate covered strawberries and that is going to Matt Hale so Matt Hale the winner of the chocolate covered strawberries now we got two more two four packs of of tickets for Tigers Tulane this Sunday our first one Kelly Hubert is the winner for those. Uh, that's Kelly with an E. Kelly with an E, that's right. Um, that is going, uh, so you I'm get gonna one say four packs. She. I'm going to say as well. <laughs> I would I would agree with that. And then our second four-pack um, for that, Teresa Coop is the sec- is our second winner for those tickets this Sunday. So a bunch of prizes. Thank you, everyone, who came out today, um, bought some stuff from Dinstall, sign up for our prizes. Um, and if you are a winner, you're listening right now, we'll get into contact Were with you. Were you listening when Greg and Eli signed on at 7 o'clock? Brett, you? I'm not going to lie. I was. I was not. You know, Brett, honestly, and you know this more than anybody, I'm not an early riser. I do, I do not wake up early. <laughs> but I did listen. You know that I am. Yes. But I did listen much earlier today because um, while I was on the way uh, to my Bible study this morning, I flipped on. See, uh, see what was going on at Dinstall's this morning. So I've been listening uh, most day, and, and as you know, Brett, I'm usually up at the station most of the day. So uh, you know, but you're not going to be Friday because Johnny and I've changed the locks. Yes, yes, the locks have Melinda, been changed. Melinda, we promise you, he's yes. not going to be there Friday. I am, I am not allowed to be up there. Well, Brett, we talked about it earlier. Um, the uh, the great Nick Saban. We now know what he will be spending his time doing during the football season next year. He will be a part of the ESPN broadcast. Crew I didn't say specifically, but the way it was worded, I would assume going to be a part of some games, um, have some sort of impact in terms of games. But the big thing that everyone is talking about today, he will be a part of college game day starting next year. And you got an update on that because I asked you and we kind of talked about this off air of was this going to be how they even more kind of push Lee Corso out. And you said, we, we kind of both said, eh, maybe, I don't know. But you now uh, have an update, I believe, on, uh, yeah, Rich, on what it will be. Richard Dice, you know, a great oh, absolutely. media follower, he, he, he tweets that it's been confirmed by ESPN spokespeople that Coach Lee Corso will be back next year on college mm. game day. So I, I don't know what the entire cast Will look like. I'm a little surprised. Is it? We, we talked about it when it broke earlier. Yeah. I'm a little surprised that kind of that quickly in yeah. retirement that he's locking in to 15, 16 weekends, yeah. maybe more. And and with, with that, my experience with them, most of them, not all. We know Kirk Herbstreit is busy mm-hmm. often with the prime game on, yeah. on Thursday night, but a lot of that crew they hit. Said town sometimes four-ish, five-ish, six o'clock on that Thursday, mm-hmm. and then the next day between meetings with coaches and people there and and promotional stuff, they have a lot of stops. They they really do put them through the car wash. They even have a media availability yeah. uh, with 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 the, the lo- local gathering. 
it is one more hectic Friday. Look, I, I, I know it's not, you know, resurfacing the interstate. <laughs> right. I, I, I know that. And I, I respect you people that do that. That is really, really, really real work. That's, that's work that you take a shower before you go to work mm-hmm. and when you get home and, from work. And, and a couple after you come home from work. Game day ain't. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But, but still busy for anyone. And, and that Friday is minimum, I would say, a seven to really about bedtime between mm-hmm. going out often with the sports information people from the the home school and and their crew and yeah. then we know what saturday is yeah it's eight you're on the air at eight o'clock mm-hmm. you're at hair and makeup at uh five o'clock yeah. central yeah for those days and Wait. you're doing those sports center hits before i mean it is it is not only just the show i mean there's a lot that you're doing outside of just the show uh, again We've all had worse jobs. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and the pay is going to be really great for him. I'm just a little surprised that he it's going to be that busy. I think yeah. people maybe not fall in love with him, but we'll see a different side, a real approachable, fun-loving, yeah. rising tide lifts all boats, ambassador for the sports mm-hmm. side yeah. that they will like. And there's no doubt he has been the story of the 21st century in college football, sure. and he is the greatest coach in the history of college football. Well, and Brad, I said it, um, you know, when when we first got this news a couple hours ago of my brother is a, a huge Pat McAfee fan. He watches him every day. He, you know, big fan. And so when he told me way back in the fall, hey, Nick Saban's going to be a weekly guest with Pat McAfee, we both kind of said, I don't know how that will work. You know, it seems like two very different personalities. I don't know how that would work. And he would constantly, you know, Fridays or whatever day it was that he joined, I think it was Fridays, he would say, man, Nick Saban was awesome today with Pat McAfee. And then he would show me different clips of stuff. And you could see him opening up to Pat McAfee. You could see him being himself, being comfortable, and being really good on there. We've seen him, you know, in some of these uh, playoff games when Alabama's not playing and or the national championships where he's not playing. He's with the game day crew. And, you know, very, very conversational, very, you know, really good with it. And so I think, you know, being full-time, I think he's going to kill it. And I think you're right. I think a lot of people are going to see this different side, not the football coach of him, but kind of that football lover and, like you said, ambassador for the game. And next year, the the, the extreme early times, like when they're mm-hmm. in Eugene, Oregon, yeah. remember, next year, I'll be very surprised if game day is anywhere but at SEC spots. Mm. Because That's that, a good point. that is the, the carrier yeah. for – the SEC now. It's mm-hmm. ESPN, you'll see Big Noon ABC. At, at a lot of those yeah. West Coast games. I, I just don't see them, maybe for that opener that mm-hmm. we talked about, and I'm not sure, is, is it in Dublin? I think it is in Dublin. Let me, let me look it but, up. Um, but I don't, I don't see them being at the old mantra of mm-hmm. the best game of the Saturday anymore. I see yeah. them being at SEC because that, yeah. that, that is the primary business stakeholder now yeah and instead of say you know middle of october being it well this year it's 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 not in october it's it's out on the mm-hmm. west coast i don't see them being at notre dame usc no no when that's it's really interesting that you bring that up because i remember in the fall having conversations brett of man you know look at look at 
game day and big noon being at the same place, and you know, they, it seems like they're getting back to best game of the week. And but you're right now with with how big these these networks are and, and kind of rivaling for the big two money. major conferences. I think I think you're absolutely right. Uh, so yeah, we do the first week zero next year, Saturday, August twenty fourth, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Dublin, Ireland. I think, great game. Wow. I, think, I think they've already announced that they're going to be yeah. at that. I, I think that's right. I, I'm, I'm going to next year's SEC schedule, mm-hmm. and, and you, you can count on. I would just bet almost anything yeah. they'll be at, in Atlanta at, MBS, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for – for Georgia Clemson. I was just about to say, I had no idea where you were going with that. I didn't know what you were going to say. I almost just blurted out, oh, week one, they're going to be Clemson, Georgia, easily. Uh, week two, now th- th- this would be outside the footprint, but it would be SEC. Okay. I think you can book now. Game day will be at te- Texas at Michigan at Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah, that, that another good one, yeah. Re- regardless of it, uh, I, I, would, I would say with that game being at Michigan, mm-hmm. then Fox would or a Big Ten yeah. uh, uh, network will mm-hmm. have have dibs on that. Yeah. But game game day will be there. Sure. Week three for the SEC next year. If I'm planning for game day, they're in Madison, Wisconsin, <laughs> Alabama at Wisconsin. That's another good. Wow, there are some really good games early in the season next year. Wow, I did not realize the schedule was this good. Week four, I think you can book it. Oklahoma and Tennessee and Norman. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Book it already. That's a great one. Week five, the homecoming. Mm-hmm. Bama at home against George and Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Nick Saban will be on a, on a game day set not far Crazy. from his statue. <laughs> Crazy. How about this? And this would be for Big Noon, of course, but it's going to be an interesting game. And if I was an executive that I could throw my opinion in the, in the ring, week three – uh, Washington State and Washington, um, with Washington State now being in this pack two, what's going to happen to them? Left out of everything. Washington now in the Big Ten, but there's still ro- big rivalry going on. I'd love to see Big Noon at that game week three. And on October twelfth, I think game day and the ESPN apparatus mm-hmm. and covering the SEC will be in Baton Rouge for Ole Miss and LSU. Oh, got to be. And finally, LSU fans can't be mad at him anymore. Got to be. They, they've they got to go down there. Um, and, and you're right about that. But especially after the game, the, the Ole Miss and LSU game we had this past year, I mean, you got to go down there for that one next year. Brian, his, his second year at Alabama, but mm-hmm. the first time he went back to Baton Rouge right. as head coach of Alabama, Ole Miss, we had open date. Sure. So I, I went with the crew down to Baton Rouge, and game day was there, and mm-hmm. the whole setup was there. There hadn't been many atmospheres I've ever been in like that. That's incredible. I mean, th- it was small children and very, very older people mm-hmm. all giving the Alabama yep. bus, the bus they knew he was on, all giving him the salute mm-hmm. as he pulled mm-hmm. into town, and the game lived up to it. Overtime, awesome. classic. Alabama won it on a Rashard Johnson interception that sealed the game in overtime. And, and that's what LSU knew. You know, if we hadn't let him – Slip away to the Miami Dolphins. We 
we would have had everything yeah. he's going to win at Alabama. Yeah, uh, that's incredible. No, you're right. That will be uh, an interesting uh, game day set. If it's not that game, whenever they next go to LSU. How do you think he will be received out at these SEC towns that he just pummeled <laughs> for, for two that's tours of duty at LSU and at Alabama? How is he, uh, how's he welcomed when, uh, when, when, when game he goes day to Rocky goes Top? To, well, well, heck, that when, when game day goes to Auburn. That's a really good one. <laughs> when game day goes yeah. to Auburn, um, how will he be received? Uh, well, they, they they rolled the trees at Toomer's Corner they do. when he retired. They sure did. They're going to roll them tonight if they beat Bama. Oh, basketball. man, you got that right. That's going to be a great game tonight. They had students camping out, uh, I mean, just tents everywhere getting ready for that game. It's going to be unbelievable. I, I know it makes a lot of people here mad with kind of the Tiger persuasion, mm-hmm. and even now of the Tennessee persuasion. Sure. I love Bruce Pearl. Yeah, well, I told you for me when he put a, a Tigers hat on, and and I think it was like a Tigers tie someone had, washed him clean. I mean, all of all of his sins were forgiven for me. I mean, that's all I needed to see. They can go. The the <laughs> one that blew my mind the year of the NBA uh, lockout mm-hmm. of the labor strife yeah. that year, and Coach Passner had in a special assistant. Oh man, uh, Luke Walton. Remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And Becky Densel can confirm this, and I know Charles could too. When I saw Bill Walton at a game Woo! with the Tiger hat on, oh, man. I went, man, the Red Sea is parted. Oh. I, I, I've lived to see it all when that's, I see Bill Walton at Tiger I, You know, I didn't even think about that. That is That would be an incredible. Bill Wagner was hard to see in Tiger Yeah, year. I see that. <laughs> that I can see that. That was a tough one. Yeah, there's there's a list, and, and those three are certainly on the list. But, uh, oh, Bill Walton, speaking of Bill Walton, I saw the other day. Do you remember last year? It, they debuted it last year. Um, where it was only on, I think you had to go to the NBA Luckiest website. Luckiest guy alive. Well, no, that's great. But they, they have been, they've started doing these kind of alternate views of Trailblazer games. I think last year was just a Trailblazer game. Now I think they might be doing other games as well. But it's him and Jason Benetti, and they're at his house, and they are and commentating a game. Together. They're great together. But they're commentating a, an NBA game. Last year was a Portland Trailblazers game from his house. And he, he, he obviously we know he, what he is, but his house is even more incredible. And they do that. Well, they I, they did it one time last year, and it was it was it was incredible. I didn't know they're still doing it, and it's like very weird. You have to go on NBA, and like he's got these drums that he'll play during it, and like I don't think he likes people like using his toilets. Like I think he didn't want people touching his stuff. Yeah, I think I think he kicks you outside to do all Does that. Like he it's own incredible. Any shirt that's not tie dyed. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think no, so either. No, I think his whole uh, his whole closet is Hank that McDowell great. Tell a great shirts. story. They, they were teammates together with the. Maybe even the San Diego Clippers. Okay. I think so but anyway, somewhere they were teammates and they're in San Diego mm-hmm. and Bill Walton liked bringing people over to his childhood home, his, where, where he grew up yeah. and showing them the court where he learned really? to play wow. and became such a great player. And he, he would tell everybody this story that he had, and it was kind of a, a dirt court that mm-hmm. you know, just wallowed out the, the grass and made it kind of good firm yeah. service, you know, baking in that California sun. And he t- would tell the story about there's dirt on this court that I took from Larry Bird's childhood court. <laughs> Whoa. 
He got wow. a base, he got a mayonnaise jar of dirt wow. from Larry Bird's court That's in French Lake, Indiana, and and spread it out over his court in San Diego. That is incredible. Wow. I mean, he's a he's a unique fella. He you really can't is. take that away from him. But uh, March 26, nineteen seventy three. I didn't think I'd ever like him. Though. No, no. I, I still think I still don't think my father likes him at all. Um, still kind of holds that against him. But we're late for a break. We need to grab one real quick, and when we come back, we're up today's show. We we'll talk about crunch time. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. This is pretty cool, and we're just getting started, so... You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bold food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned, uh, NBA All-Star Weekend is getting closer and closer, and uh, it was reported earlier this morning that for the NBA All-Star Challenge, a uh, skills challenge, I should say, it's going to be all former number one overall picks. Uh, Minnesota's Anthony Edwards, uh, Orlando's Paulo Bancaro, and San Antonio Spurs, Victor Wimbenyama will headline that event, which I think is going to be really, really cool to see because you've got this... Victor Wimbenyama, 7-5, massive guy that handles it like a guard. It's going to be fun to see what he does in the skills challenge. It will be fun yeah. in the, 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 the new era of stars. Yeah, absolutely. It will be fun. What I learned today, and it's sad, nobody wants the Oakland A's. East, oh, man. East Bay doesn't want them. Uh, Bay Area doesn't mm-hmm. want them. State of California doesn't <laughs> want the A's. And now the Shangri-La that yeah. they thought would be Las Vegas when the Las Vegas mayor uh-huh. says, basically drop dead, uh-huh. yeah. we don't want you. Now, now and I thought this was going to be the week that we found oh, yeah. the artist you, you said, Yeah, you told me that. Uh, Look out for, week, for renderings. I thought we would get them, and now they don't. They're going to have to look to Montreal. Yeah, they're going to have to look to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's a Nashville's a big one now. Now, Brett, I will try to defend the Las Vegas mayor because um, I I was very confused by the comments and I went and listened. It was I think front office sports um, podcast and the way she said it 
made it sound a little better because she was like, well, you know, we have this land that we offered them and they didn't want the land that we offer. They want a different land that is not as, as, you know, that would not be a good area for them to be at. This would be the perfect. And it really seems like every conversation I've had with Oakland Athletics officials, it seems like they want to stay in Oakland. So they just need to stay in Oakland. I mean, if they want to be there, they need to be there and the, the government needs to get on board with it. This year is the end of their deal. There. It's crazy. I mean, it's the, insane. And the deal going forward is, is you, you've talked about before. Yeah. They're talking about playing in a couple hmm. of different places. Uh, yeah. They have no idea where they're going to play. And, I mean, who thought? The, the first day we learned about the Oakland Athletics moving to Las Vegas, that it would be this big of a mess trying to get there. I mean, it is. It really is. Vegas incredible. usually take about everybody uh, just about, right up. Just about. Uh, Brett, what I could have done without, um, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend, but Diana Rossini, uh, who's done a great job covering the NFL this offseason, and in, in particular, um, the Mike Vrabel story. She's kind of been all over it. And uh, she was on the, uh, the Athletics NFL podcast uh, over the weekend or, or Monday and said, you know, talking about, you know, I just don't think he was really a fit talking about Vrabel and, and you know, nobody was really, you know, blown away by him in interviews. But she said that she was down at the Senior Bowl and had a general manager tell her that this is not the reason he hasn't been hired, but there have been discussions in organizations where people say that he is too too big of a guy, too too rock, too 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 stocky, that he is intimidating to some of the other people that are making decisions. That some people feel intimidated going to him and saying, "Hey, we're going to trade this guy," and him say, "Oh no, you're not." And hit this former NFL football player intimidates him a little bit. Wow, yeah. scared? Say you're scared? I guess so. I, I could have done without the PGA Tour players. They're really having their cake and getting to eat it as well. John Rom said, yeah. "Winning the Masters made him feel like." He was more liberated to go to live <laughs> because he knew he would be in that in that major and and really all the other majors. When the Masters, when Augusta National didn't keep out people heading to live, whether yeah. it's past champs or otherwise, mm-hmm. that's when the gates were wide open. And now John Rahm's looking for a way back. Scotty Sheffer today said there's got to be some punishment yep. to players that went live and want to come back. I agree with him fundamentally. I don't think it will be in reality. No, I don't think so either. Oh, where are you beaming tonight? The Iron Bowl on the hardwoods, mm-hmm. on the plains. Bama, they belted Auburn at Coleman. Now the best atmosphere in the SEC awaits the Crimson Tide. The trees will get rolled tonight. Yep. If you, if there's any toilet paper left after the, the roll job they did at Toomer's Corner after Nick Saban retired. That's right. They didn't beat him. <laughs> he just retired. Yeah, no, but it's going to be a, a wild atmosphere out there tonight. You know what? Beam me to a game that has already started, Brett. A 5.30 tip-off between High Point and UNC Asheville. Is that where you thought I was going to beam tonight? No. Probably not. High Point right now, 20-4 and four on the season. They rock the nation's Might longest. beaming machine protocol well, going back to going a game back that's in time. Started. I don't know how it works, but they have the nation's longest active win streak with 12 wins in a row going up against a UNC Asheville team that made it to the NCAA tournament last year, winning the Big South, um, but right now, coming off a loss against Gardner-Webb, and they're already up early, Brett, 24-12 against the nation's longest winning streak. That should be a fun game. We'll watch a lot tonight, and even in tomorrow, the raucous part three gets it going mm-hmm. at the Waste Management Tournament in yep. Phoenix, and also tonight, respectfully and lovingly, in my best Jack Crystal voice, in Starkville tonight, 
dogs and dogs. Oh, man, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's a really good night of basketball all around, but that's all the time we have. I want to thank Denstools again for having us out. We've been out here uh, 5280 sure Pleasant View. Make sure you stop by. If you weren't able to get by today and take advantage of your 14% off, I don't know, I mean, crazy, but maybe couldn't get by, make sure you stop by before Valentine's Day. Get all the candy. And remember, uh, they're chocolate-covered strawberries. They'll start dipping those Monday, February 12th, so get over there and get first in line for those so you don't have to wait in those crazy lines they'll have around uh, Valentine's Day. But like I said, that's all the time we have. Enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon.